another realm there was quite a fight that went on I'm glad God said I'll never lose one I'll never lose one not one not one I'm glad to be that not one tonight hallelujah hallelujah God bless you we sure love you with all of our hearts I sure am glad to see you guys back in your seats. Amen. Hallelujah. I sure loved last week. I I have to say that's probably my favorite meeting. I just have to say that. Sure enjoyed having Brother Wayne and, and, well, having Brother Timothy, Brother Wayne, Brother Tim, and then Brother Donnie Reagan on Sunday morning. And I could tell by the looks on your face and by the screams and by the amens that I believe you enjoyed it too. Amen. So we just thank the Lord. They were all so thankful for everything that you did. We were so pleased with how everything went. I'd say we have a phenomenal team that works behind the scenes and, and, uh, name didn't get called or whatever God the great record keeper we want to thank you for everything that you did amen we're a team and so we just thank the Lord for his goodness and his mercy to us and I so enjoyed myself in the meeting and I thought the ice cream truck was a nice addition I I, I don't know about you but I've already signed him back up and so we're we're going to have him next year too and so amen he seemed like a really nice guy so we just, we certainly enjoyed having him. And amen. Well, I just told Brother Tim, I said, well, you know, if they didn't like the meetings, maybe they'll like the ice cream. He said, well, I believe they like the meetings and the ice cream. And so, amen. And so we certainly, certainly enjoyed that. Amen. We're entering into fall season, and God's just got some great things in store for us. I'll be speaking this weekend, and then I will be away at Brother Kelly Hildebrandt's for his annual meetings and and I would like for you to pray for us that God would just do Brother Kelly sent me a note this afternoon he said would you have your church pray for us that God would just do an incredible meeting there they watched what happened here and many of his church people watched and thank you to everybody that's a part of that to make that happen and uh, we they're under expectation and so there's not a lick of pressure whatsoever and so we just, we just pray that God would just help us. And so so what I'm going to do is kind of warm up this weekend. Is that going to be okay? And so I've been out of the pulpit for a couple of weeks. But I'm going to see if I've still got it. Amen. Amen. What's your name again? Stephen. Amen. Stephen, if I could preach like you can sing. I'd be a pretty good guy, and so thank you for that. I'd like to welcome you guys here, and thank you for coming to be with us. Matthew made a statement the other day, and I think you, several of you can say this to you. It must be an honor. We have found a grace with the Lord for somebody to want to move and leave their homes and their jobs to be here with us, to sojourn till the rapture. 
And so we'd like to say thank you all so much. And, and if I don't say thank you and I love you enough, well, let this, let this kind of be. I'll thank you and love you with all my heart. Amen. God bless you. I would like to look tonight at the administration of the harvest. Amen. The administration of the harvest. Amen. We're going to have Brother Jake walk tomorrow night. He and Sister Mary and they are Brother Harold and Brother Hildebrandt and Brother Ed Hammermeisters. Uh, they're deacon and deacon's wife. And Jake is, the, I think, the first guy that I stayed with uh, when I was there way yonder years ago in the early 90s and I stayed overnight with Brother Jake and I stayed that weekend with Brother Jake and so he just told me to make myself at home at his house and so I did. If you tell me to make myself at home, I, I will. I, I'll relax. I went to his refrigerator. I went, to, I went to where he hid the cookies. <laughs> You know, I'll make myself at home. You tell me to make myself at home, I'll make myself at home. And so the first meeting that I preached there, I, I stayed in Brother Jake's home. And it's an honor to have them going to be with us. He's, a, he's driven a long way from Edmonton. And they're at Brother Donnie Reagan's tonight. And they'll be here tomorrow night for us. And, and we want to make them welcome. I know you will. You've had plenty of practice through the years. And so uh, it's kind of a unique thing. I, They've, they've always wanted to make this trip to the Shenandoah Valley and look at our front yard, and so they should be here tomorrow to do that. God bless you. If you'll turn with me to Matthew chapter 13 this afternoon, and verse 2. And the great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore. And many things. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he had sowed, some fell on the some fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. And some fell on stony places, and where they had not much earth. Forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of the earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root, and they withered away. And some fell on among thorns, and, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. I want to be this next part. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold and some sixty and some thirtyfold, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? And he answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. I'm glad to be a part of that to them that fell on good ground. Maybe you have a need tonight. You just like to lift it before the Lord this evening. Almighty God, how we love you with all of our hearts tonight. And we're thankful to be in your house this afternoon. And we took a vote. We voted for you tonight. And I ask you tonight that you would just come and anoint our lips and our words. 
Lord Jesus, come and bless this audience. There's many needs that are among us. And Lord, we just pray that you'd send your word and heal them this evening. Lord, Lord, I just ask you that you would guide our thoughts like a laser-guided missile to the place that it needs to go. Lord, now, not just, not just the speaker, but I ask you to anoint the ears of the hearer. And Lord, as we respond to the word of God, may we, may we pull on you to get what we have need of this evening. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Whenever we deal with harvest as being the bride of Jesus Christ, we, we just cannot help ourselves unless we go to the book of Ruth. Ruth chapter 2 and verse 4, we find her in Boaz's field. He has some interesting instructions that I want to remind you of before we go too far. And Boaz came, un from, came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless thee. And then said Boaz unto his servant and said over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? And the servant that was said over the reapers answer said, It is the Moabitess, damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. Now remember, they thought she was a cursed person. And she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers amongst the sheaves. And so she came and, and continued even from the morning until now. And she tarried a little in the house. And then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Notice these instructions. Go not to glean in another field. Neither go from his from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. I love those instructions. Don't go to another field. You stay in my field. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap and go after them. Have I not charged the young men that, that they shall not touch thee and when thou art athirst, go to the vessels and drink of, of that which the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I'm a stranger? And then Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath been fully been showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband and, and how that thou hast left thy father and thy mother and the land of nativity and, and art come to a people which, which thou knewest not heretofore. Notice these next words. The Lord recompense thy work. He's a good reckon keeper. And a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel under whose wings thou art come to trust. Can I read that last verse and you read it with me? The Lord recompense thy work and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel under whose wings 
thou art come to trust. Mm -mm -mm. Now we realize that we're at harvest time. We can look around a little bit and anybody who's got any common sense can realize that as we, we are not in the planting season, but we're beginning to see the combines as they are beginning to go through the field. You don't do that in the July or up in June. That's a time to where you watch it. At one time, there was, a, there was a seeds in a farmer's hands, certified seeds that they would reproduce themselves. Now, if you kept them, they can't reproduce. If you just keep them in a sack or keep them in a bin, they'll never reproduce themselves. But under the right atmosphere and the right conditions and planted in the right ground that is, that is just ready, it, given time and conditions, will reproduce itself again. Brother Branham would ask, would say these words. He says, now, if you would ask me to give you an oak tree, I'd give you an acorn. I'd give you an acorn. It has the potential to be an oak tree. Great questions is asked. You know, it's easy to count the seeds in an apple. But it's impossible to count the apples inside of the seed. Are you with me? Just to look at some of you. Just to look at where you came from. God knew what he deposited on the inside of you before the foundation of the world. Now we look around a little bit. We can sense the change. We can sense where we've come from. We can sense that we're not in the days of preaching. God sent us Elijah. Now we did that for decades. God sent us Elijah. Elijah has come. And we preached who Elijah was. And we, we preached the the. the the, the initial doctrines of the message and we had to lay them down in order for absolute years. What was that? That was a calling out of her, my people. There was a gathering that took place. It was gathering out of denominations, gathering out of the world. Now let me just say, you didn't come to hear a man's voice. A man didn't draw you to that. It was God himself, the Lord of the harvest. You heard the voice that's behind the voice as it began to call to you like a deep calling to the deep. Maybe you walked into the building for the first time and you said, now this is different. Now this is different. Maybe you walked in here and you felt for the first time in your life, I'm at home. I'm at home. This is a place to work and be a refuge for me. And, and, I, and from the storms of life, I can come here and, and I can worship God and I can feel free to worship God. And you see, at the harvest, it's a time to wear that the wind can blow through the wheat. And it can glorify and the seeds stand out. 
and they can worship in liberty. They're not bound up, but they can worship in liberty. They're not hidden in the ground no longer or in the stalk or in the tassel, but there the seed has become seed again. It's reproduced itself by the billions. So what was once captured by a prophet of God, and as he began to speak the word, Brother Branham would explain it to us in the first seal, how that he would go catch the mysteries and then bring it to the people. Are you with me now? And we've been, we've been enjoying that word as it's went to, for decades now. Was once on reel to reel, then on books, and then it became on, 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 on higher levels of technology to where we got it at our fingertips anymore. But you see, the work is the rapid, the rapid production of harvest has come to a season to where we realize time is really of the essence now. I'm getting ready to go to Canada here and and they're they're preparing. There will be people that will miss the services because of they have huge farms and just thousands of acre farms. And so it's critical that that harvest come in when it's just right. It can't be too moist and it can't be too dry. And so it has to be just right. Now the rapture will be right on season. Now to some it looks like it's been a great delay and it's way over time. Let me just say God's always on time. Are you with me? As with Lazarus, he was on time. He was perfectly on time. He will always be on time for you too. Because remember, he's the father. He knows the best. He is the administrator or the redeemer. He is over top of the redemption. He will do the work. Naomi told Ruth, He'll do the work. We realize that we have what we have preached for 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 so long. We have stood with great energies. We're now witnessing among us. Thought about the energy that was in this building last weekend. You could feel it when you turned up on the hill. You literally could feel it as, and you could feel it as the week started to getting closer and closer. You could just feel almost like a pressure, almost like an overwhelming joy as it began to come and the meetings were excited. And some of you sat in your seats for two hours before service. You can't tell me you don't love God. Because it's more than just for a seat. Brother Branham says we come to, we've, he says now any mason can lay block. But it takes a master stonemason to turn a corner. I'd say we've turned a corner. We've witnessed the book of Acts among us. I'd like to say this to you, it's a sin for us now to disbelieve. We've seen every gift, we've seen miracles take place among us that are phenomenal, even breathtaking. 
Under this administration of this age, we're not being, we have not been preached to by a reformer. We have not been preached to by some theologian. But God took a man and hid himself behind him. Revelation chapter 10 says, And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven clothed with a cloud and a rainbow was upon his head and his face were as it were the sun and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a, a little book open and he set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot upon the earth. Now let's just remember. Remember this. The enemy has always stood near when the word is being made manifested. When God was creating the heavens and the earth, the enemy was near watching him when he was doing it. How do you know that, Brother Ron? Remember when he came and when he spoke everything into existence. And then when he broke that chain and he made out of Adam and took a rib and created a wife, Mother Eve, Satan was standing real near so he knew he had a link. When Jesus is standing there, Satan was very near. He's always been critical of the written word because he can always work it and discombobulate it. But he has great trouble when the word is manifested and the word being manifested always defeats him. That's why you are so dangerous to the devil. You see, you're more than a book or a tape or a picture on the wall or a myth, but you're the living realities of God. And you're being a living epistle of this age defeats devil, the devil at any place, at any time, under any condition. Now we're in a season, we must declare this. And no man is in charge of this. This is not, we're not looking to a man. We're looking to Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith. Now remember this, what he has promised, he will fulfill. I want you to grab that, that's important. What he has promised, he will fulfill. Where can I rest my hope and where can I rest my faith? In him. Remember, he has resurrection power. He said he was the only man that could ever say, I have power to lay my life down and the power to take it up again. But remember, he also said the corn of wheat must go into the ground and die. There it must rot. And it may have looked like maybe for hundreds of years, what was God doing? Yeah. 
And the critics might have stood off and thought, what a barbarous God. What was he doing? He was putting his seed into the ground. But if you could only look at her now. She's risen in power. She's risen in faith. Are you with me? I'm absolutely overwhelmed when I think about what even men in Columbus' day and Arrhenius' day, their deacons, their trustees, their men of faith, people that served God with them, God not only made their messenger a promise, he made the overcomers of that day a promise. On that resurrection day. Are you with me? The scripture says, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. He promises a resurrection. Now we get in a hurry a lot of times, but you remember God promised that he was going to send a deliverer to Egypt. And Joseph said, don't you bury my bones down in here. So no matter how bad a day that they had, they would go by the tomb of, of where Joseph was at in that lead coffin and they'd lay their hands over on that coffin because they knew God made a promise. And Joseph said, don't bury me. Are you with me? Don't bury me down here in Egypt. But when you go across, you carry my bones across there because in that land there's going to come a resurrection. Joseph knew that he had to be buried where Jesus was going to raise again. Hallelujah. God also made Israel a promise in this day. God's doing a couple of different things at the same time. He has raised a Gentile bride to the end time calling, bringing her to rapturing condition. But he has not neglected his word with Israel. And he has gathered them from all realms of the earth and brought them back home. Now the same God that's made us a promise, he made them a promise. Brother Vernon, I was thinking about when I come to this note this evening. I believe if I have this right, you were in Brother Branham's meetings as a boy in, in, the early, in the 50s, in about 58, you went with your father. Am I right on that? There are others that have been here in the past that, that were in that meeting. It was one of your cousins that would actually, I believe he's a cousin of yours, that would help orchestrate that meeting. He was also a friend of, of Brother Carl Williams. Now, I, I, I want you to understand God made a promise to this generation. He made a promise to this generation. He made a promise to us. And we've come to the season of, of, of harvest. Are you with me? Now remember, we must be identified for the gathering of the harvest. Everything's got to be ready. The token has got to be applied. The ticket's got to be in your hand. If you get on an airplane, I don't care what you said you bought, but if you don't have the right ticket 
for the right seat. You'll not ride that airplane. I don't care what your story says. I don't care what your story says. And I don't care who you are. You've got to have a ticket in your hand. It's got a barcode on it that identifies you with that ticket. That it's bought for and paid for and you have the opportunity to sit in that seat. Are you with me now? I have a barcode. I have a token of life that lives on the inside of me. It's not me, but it's him of what he deposited on the inside of me. And he sealed me with the seal of the Holy Ghost. Are you with me? Brother Random will talk about people come to church and they'll shake a preacher's hand. He said we've adopted shaking a preacher's hand for, 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 for being a Christian. Or lighting a candle, he would say. Many different things. Or I go to a certain church. That's not the new birth. I'm going to say this to you. It's not the new birth. You've got to die to yourself. And be filled with the Holy Ghost. And your life's got to be cleansed by the word of God. The washing of the word. The purging out, we heard it last Saturday night. The purging out of our life of things that's not like Jesus Christ. Everything's got to be in order. Brother Brandon will type it into a, like a, a rail car. And he said that rail car, he said there's an inspector that comes to see how it's been packed. And he will check the packing of that to see that it'll be okay because it's got to make the journey. Are you with me? We got some incredible railroad men here, and they understand what a what a there's a there's a seal that goes on there. There's some paperwork and computer work that goes with that, and that seal has got a number on it. And the inspector is identified with that seal. So if it would go down through the, the country and the, the, the packages start falling apart, they'll go back to the inspector. I say that in church world today, there's too many faulty inspectors. Where it just lets anything ride and anything go and, and lives are not packed up for the journey. Are you with me? Here is where we get everything packed up and get it ready to go and make sure that it's right. Judgment begins at the house of God first. We won't, we won't stand in the judgment there, but we'll sit here. And our response to the word tells us so the scream went out, come out of her my people. Now under under some under 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 great duress you left from places and maybe left churches. People made fun of you for leaving. Wow, my grandma believed this and, and it was good for grandma. But the season changed. There was a time that the Methodist was right. 
but they organized that. There was a time that, that the Pentecost was right, but they organized that. And death came into the pot. Are you with me? Now, I, I don't want to just be a message church and there's no life in here. I don't want to have just a message label and pictures on the wall and, and, and are you with me now? And, and books and tapes available. I just don't want to be a labeled church. I want to be the living realities of the word of God of this day. thought about the last meeting. I thought about it in some comparison as I, was, as I was sitting here. I thought about if I could just go back for just a bit, the Lutheran church, if Martin Luther could go to where they, where they worship, maybe to the head church. I'm not talking about the spinoffs, maybe to the head church. I'd say he'd be quite disappointed. I, I would adventure to believe he'd be quite disappointed. We could just do some skipping. I'd say John Wesley that actually got kicked out of the Lutheran church because his father was a part of that. And then, it, then he came and he began to preach that, that you needed a clean life. And there was a deep that was calling and they kicked him out of the church and, and he began to preach in fields and preach on street corners and and he began to have an open vision and send the word to everybody. I'd say if he came to the Methodist church today, I'd say he'd be quite disappointed. I'd say he'd be quite disappointed with all the politics and the Laodicean spirit that's come among them. I'd say if F.F. Bosworth and men like that could be come to a, the Pentecostal churches and see where they're at today with their money schemes and their programs and, and where they are today compared to where they were almost 100 years ago. I'd say that messenger would be disappointed. But I thought about the services last weekend if as we was to introduce Brother Branham. I'd say that messenger would be quite pleased. Now we're not looking for Brother Branham to come back and preach. Are you with me? I want you to listen to tapes. I want you to read the books. I want you to do that. But let me just say this to you. You must have a live ministry that's anointed with the Holy Ghost because God sent, God called thunderbolts to the pulpit. That's a God in action for you in this day. Are you with me? Are you with me? Now notice what Brother Branham says. We've come to the last stage. The Laodicean age, that is our age. We know it's the last age for the Jews are back in Palestine. No matter how they got there, they are there. This is the harvest time. And before there can be a harvest, there has to be a ripening, a maturing of both of the vines. 
the Lutheran age was springtime and the Wesleyan age was a summer growth and the Laodicean age is a harvest time of the gathering of the tares for the binding and burning and the garnering the wheat for the Lord. Harvest time. Have you noticed that the harvest time, there is a, a real acceleration in the ripening. There is consequently a slowing of growth until there's no growth. Is that not exactly what we are seeing now? Are you with me? Now, notice, notice this statement. I just, I just joined the statement with that. The people who took his revelation from God be, became the living epistles read and known of all men for their generation. When the Methodists failed, God raised up others. So that has gone through the years until in this last day, there is again another people in their land who under their messenger will be the final voice to the final age. That's more than a quote. You're the reality to that. Amen. Amen. Are you get are you getting too cold? Are you too hot? Or this uh, you're cold. So, Brother Randy, if you can just work on the being too cold. I don't want him too cold. Don't want you too cold. Don't want you too hot. I want you just right. Hallelujah. Don't want too big a chair, or too little chair. I want one just right. I don't want too big a bed or too little a bed. I want one just right. I don't want too big a bowl or too little a bowl. I want one just right. Now I've got the babies on board. You know that. In the masterpiece, he said it'll never be. At the harvest time, the seed is back to the original condition. I must have all the word in order to be the seed. You can't have a half a seed, it won't grow. Isn't that right? You can't have a half a seed, it won't grow. You gotta have it all. <laughs> you gotta have it all. <laughs> well, this is what I think. No, you gotta have it all. You gotta eat the whole book. Forgive me for squeaking. My allergies are acting up. I feel like Feeney up here. Brother Brown said he was squeaking, and and people said, "Well, why, why, why do people come to see you preach?" And he said, "Well, he said they must come to see Jesus." Well, you got a squeaky voice. Well, they come to see Jesus. You're an ugly man. Well, they come to see Jesus. He said, now, I believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I believe in speaking in tongues. That's just part of the seed. He said, but now, now, but now there is added to that he said the life, not the gifts, the life of the gifts. See what I mean? We're at the end time, brethren. Let me just say this to you. If you we get, we've got Jesus, we've got every gift. Stalk, the tassel, the husk is dead and dry now. There's only one thing that has to happen. That is to be gathered in the world council of church for its burning. The word has become flesh 
exactly like it was promised to do in Luke chapter 17 and Malachi chapter 4. And that's right, Revelations. All true life that was in the stalk and the tassel and the husk is now gathering into the seed, ready for the resurrection, ready for the harvest. The alpha has become the omega. The first has come last and the last has come first. The seed that went in has come through a process and has become seed again. The same seed that went down is the same seed that came up. Are you with me? You'll identify with these scriptures in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 37. They were stoned. They were sown asunder. They were tempted and slain with a sword and they wandered about in sheepskins and in goatskins, being destitute and afflicted and tormented of whom the world was not worthy. They were our brothers and sisters. Of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and dens in the cave. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us that they without us cannot be made perfect. And they'll look at you. Sometimes we stand in awe. How could they give their children up? And I don't want to be too graphic here, but I, there's just nothing that, you know, in this day, what makes me want to give my children up. As a matter of fact, we're anointed to fight for our children. Amen. We'll not leave a hoof. Come on. We'll not leave a one. Come on. There's none of you that I want to lose. Wherefore, we're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. All of those has run the race. Now notice now we come to a next part. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run the, with patience the race that is set before us. I'd like to say this to you. I am committed to finishing. If my finishing is tonight or next week or 10 years or 20 years or until the rapture happens, I am committed. I'm not committed till I lose my faith or my emotions go by the wayside or, or I don't have the energies no more. I am committed. Sometimes there'll be a thousand with you all along the way and it's easy when everybody's energy's right there with you and it's rah, rah. But when you're standing alone, that's generally where Satan meets you. I'm committed with a thousand or by myself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What'd you just think? 
We could have all chose an easier way, softer approach, more gentle path. Ain't he cute? We could have all chose easier ways, softer approach, easier path. Had to say it to gather my thoughts again. But I'd like to just report to you, I have no regrets. So if we've come to the harvest, we are the results of all of these years. The decades that I've served the Lord since a boy has not been mistake free. There's times that I'm embarrassed at even my own conduct as being a Christian. Embarrassed at my thoughts. Never been embarrassed of God. Under his administration, I've never been embarrassed at God, but I've sure embarrassed him. But it didn't throw me away. I'm real glad that God don't look at my mistakes. Said this before, this is a good place to have a fresh start. You come in from the world. You, you've had so many habits in your life. You come in and God begins to clean you up and begins to wash you. Now in God's memory, it's as though you never did it in the first place. So that's the way I look at you. I don't, I don't want a 15-page report of all the things that you've been through and the habits that you've had and the difficulties and all the things that you've done. I wasn't good at soccer anyway. And I, I don't need all of those things in your life. Just jump in. There's work to do. What can I do? Fill the need. If there's water that needs to go, carry water. Somebody needs an encouragement, pat on the back, pat them on the back. If you're a man, preferably you pat a man on the back. You might get some woman, up, her husband upset at you. Ah. So if I have no regrets, somewhere I committed, I got to do my best. I know Brother Branham says that, you know, he uses what you surrender and, and he uses what you, what you give to him and and all your gifts, he can't use that, but he uses your weakness. I understand that quote, but you know if I hired a man and he constantly had his hands in his pocket and said, I can't do that. I wouldn't have him around long. to you now now you know if you can find something for me to do you know that's in my ability so what you've got to do is you've got to find a spot you see I've been in the secular world I've I've, I've, I've worked at, with government facilities 
And let me just say the reason that they hire you is, is they've got a job to do. Now they're not going to put, I made bombs at one time, so they're not going to put your name on the bomb. When they sent them over there in the, in the Iraqi war, some of the bombs that I helped make was, was shipped off. They never told them Ron Spencer helped make that bomb. But you see, America needed some bombs made. And so I was in a program to where that we made bombs. And, and, and I didn't need my name attached to that. Are you with me now? I, I, was, a, I, was, a, I was a meat cutter at one time. And I didn't sign my name to the filet mignon. I'll never forget, I'll just give you a little story. There was a man, there was a man that came into the store and he was a big, gruffly man. You could tell that he had money and, and he was standing there and I was the youngest butcher in the shop and he said, I want, I, want, I want 12 filet mignons that thick and I want as pretty a filet mignons as you've ever seen. And he said, I want you to cut them and I want them right. And I said, absolutely. So I took the time, I cut them, I, I got them ready, I put them out and I showed them to the man. He said, that's not filet mignons. Okay. So the oldest butcher, his name was Wilbur, and he took those same filet mignons, he went back into the cooler, he stood there, and he, he goofed off, and me and him talked for a while. He rearranged those filet mignons, and he walked back out and showed the man the filet mignons. He said, now that's what I'm looking for. Long story short, God uses young people as well as he uses old people. We've got a job to do. Do the best that you can do in that job. When you can say it like this, I have given my all. I have given my all. I've left nothing undone. That's quite a statement. Nothing has been left undone. I can look back and see where I could have done better. I can look back and see where I could have done better, but it was the best that I had at the moment that I was in. Everybody can be a Monday morning quarterback or blocker and look back at the human mistakes. But I'd like to say that even tonight I want to present my best. Whether I'm the speaker or whether that I'm the hearer, I want to give my best. So our church is not a church of what we would say entertainment. Our church is a church where we come and we worship together. And we're at the harvest time and so we realize that every minute is important. I do realize in this fast moving world that in the entertainment you're entertained. You get up in the morning. I heard Brother Donnie talking the other day. You get up in the morning Fox News and CNN News and the, and the Weather Channel and, and the local channels and after a while you find a scripture. That doesn't mean all those things are wrong. You just got to have a good balance to it. 
was interested in the storm that was coming up the coast this week and, and I prayed diligently. If there's ever been a storm I prayed for, I prayed for that one. It would stay at sea. Because I've, I've been through some storms. I don't like them. I don't like lightning. I really don't like it. Sister Katie, she loves lightning flashing. She likes to go out and sit on the porch and watch the lightning flash. But you see, I've been on the end of one of them things. <clears throat> I knocked the head off my weed eater. Thank God I had a weed eater in my hand. A man named Spurgeon's walking down the road with his best friend. He's a boy. Lightning hits his best friend. Kills his best friend. That lightning bolt killed his best friend, but it woke him up to eternal life. He was left here for a job. I'd like to say that you've been left here for a job. Last weekend we came to this building with expectation. And I trust our expectation has not been diminished. Are you with me? Paul would say it like this, for I'm now ready to be offered up. And the time of my departure, let's just call it his harvest season, was at hand. Notice what he says. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. Notice these next words. I have kept the faith. Satan has sent me a lot of different directions, but I'm still standing. Henceforth. There is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge. Now let me just say this to you. He is the administrator of the will. So he knows whether we've done good or bad. He knows whether we've done our best. He knows. Shall give me at that day not to me only, but unto them, all of them that love his appearing. He would say it again. Brethren, Philippians 3 verse 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind. Are you with me? We're not Catholics. We don't relive it over and over and over and over again and scar and bring it all up over and over and over again. What you are where in your past, bury that thing. Let it die. Don't even bring it up. If our brother Ken Boyer could have a tumor that was in his brain and he refused to give that thing voice and it was destroying his life, he refused to take an aspirin. He refused to take a Tylenol. He refused to take a pain pill. Because he did not want to give that thing voice in his life. Let me just say, cancer is not your ruler. 
Depression is not your ruler. So there's no need in worshiping it. I'm not against you taking pain medicine. I'm not against you taking the drugs that you need to take. That was his revelation. Are you with me? I go to doctors. I have good doctors. I'm getting ready to go to a dental appointment on Wednesday to have oral surgery. I'm not looking forward to that. But I know if I don't do it, <clears throat> I won't look good as Sister Gregory looked. Those who know, you know. Forgetting those things which are behind. You ever felt like someone's telling somebody, don't you just forget it? Why don't, why don't you just forget it? You might make them mad. They keep bringing you up and up and up and up again. Now, let, let me just say this to you. I, I don't bring this up with Connie. She don't bring this up with me. She don't compare me to somebody else that she knew before. Maybe one of her boyfriends when she was in school or whatever. She never brings that up. I, I don't never bring up nothing. Are you with me now? Those things are dead. And you were married at one time to the old sin nature. Don't bring him back up. I took you around the corner to try to get you to, don't bring that original ruler of your life back up. Well, I, I, I miss what those drugs did for me. And I, I miss... Uh, Come on, church. I, I miss that, and I'm, I'm in a rehab center. Let me just say, if you get a hold of Jesus, and you get him just right, that'll be baked out of your life. Let it go. Let it go. I got on a, I came here as a pastor about 99. We started the process. 2000, Brother Homer and I took a trip together. It was just he and I. We took a trip together. We were driving down the interstate. We were about 12 hours from here. We are driving down the interstate. And uh, we're just going down the road and And I just made a little statement about my past life in the business world and in the chimney world. And he, and he just said, and it's over. And it's over. And God just closed that chapter. And it's over. We're driving and we're getting off, we're getting off an exit. I can still remember it. We're getting off an exit. And the revelation of how God closes a chapter on your life is kind of like that. And he goes, that's the end. That's the end. And it hit me. And it hit me in that moment. How God transitions you from one spot to another spot. And how he moves you. And he just kind of closes the chapter and it, coming toward a closer to an end of the service. And Ruth was 
a Moabitess. She was a servant in the field. And there come a time he just went. Rahab was a harlot. Was a harlot. And she became the captain's wife. And the seed that was deposited in her made her part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. Many years ago, I was called to a, to a place that was away from here. And a girl had lived a real ragged life, a night. She had been devastated, and boys had taken advantage of her. She had got drunk, and boys had taken advantage of her. And her life seemed to be destroyed. They called us to her, to, to her room. We made the journey to where she was at. I didn't go with a critical view. I didn't walk into where she was at with a critical, telling her all kind of things. I began to talk to her about a God rich in mercy. A God that can take you from last night and that be done and over with. A God that can forgive you and help you to forgive yourself and can take you and make a real lady out of you. A real lady out of you. I'll tell you, that girl that had a, had a stained past and almost destroyed, listen, it don't take just moments for Satan to, to just destroy you. And, and, and that girl right there in that room Give her heart to Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you, she's a real lady today. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Young people say, well, I've made some mistakes. I know a God that knows how to change the chapter. Isn't that right? I know a God that takes the parole board and just says, you're, you're free. You're forgiven. It's done. God knows how to change your life. We live in a society that's full of secrets nonsense it goes on God knows how to come and in that secret you don't have to tell the world you don't have to tell a bunch of people you don't have to be accountable like a vows of Alcoholics Anonymous you just need a touch of Jesus that's what you need just a touch of Jesus let him transform your life
I'd like to say this to you. Satan could have hit you, destroyed you in a moment. He would have destroyed you with the choices that you made. Because some of your choices wasn't good choices. And others had bad intentions that caught you in circumstances. You don't even want to tell your children about. Or maybe not even your mate about. But you know that it took God, rich in mercy, to get you here. I like a God that knows how to take and forgive us of those things and not hold it against us no more. And then we teach our children, never do those things. Don't you do those things. Don't do those things. I'm preaching to you. I'm preaching to you. We can live in Laodicea and overcome it. We can live in Laodicea. There's going to be some overcomers in this age. The song says it. When we're inside those gates of pearl, we'll learn a lot of things. We'll have a heart that's made of gold. Perhaps a thousand strings. sing and shout and dance about the lamb will dry our tears we'll have one grand homecoming week the first ten well the homer came up to our place one day and he was in an old truck a guy named Jeff Schwartz was working on a bulldozer across the, where you live Andrew he's working on a bulldozer. Homer drove up and we'd had a conversation and we'd had a shouting meeting here. We'd had a jubilee and we were just sharing some really wonderful moments. And I told him, I said, you know, King David would have been proud of you last night dancing the way you danced. Throw them fists up in the air and hit that accelerator, had his had its truck in reverse. Wop! That big old oak tree just shook. Other <laughs> Homer just said, Hallelujah, anyhow. Thomas Jeff really enjoyed seeing all of that business. When that happened, he was standing up there and he was laughing with his hands on his knees. We'll sing and we'll shout. Dance about. Dry our tears. Brother Branham says this. He said, I believe that's right at the door. Really makes me nervous when I think. Not nervous for myself, but nervous, nervous of this. Have I done my best? Is there one more ounce in me that I could give for the kingdom of God? Is there something that I could have done? 
because this is the only opportunity we're ever going to have right now. I want you to realize you're only mortal once. You're only mortal once. That's a good time to praise the Lord right there. I'm really glad I don't have to go through this again. That's the reason I do believe that when the bride is called out and elected and set in the book of life, there will come a sound from heaven that will take such a baptism of the Holy Spirit into the bride that will take her from the earth in a rapturing grace. God promised it. I don't care how many science and how many astronauts that they signed up and everything else and how many million miles they can see. I don't care nothing about that. I like that. I don't care nothing about that. There is a heaven and there is a literal Lord Jesus Christ. There will come in a body form to receive the church to himself no matter how old the story seems, it's still the truth. God said so. And that's what believers believe. That's what we believe. Hallelujah. Well, I looked at my hands. And my hands look new. I looked at my feet. And my feet did too. I looked all around. All around me, Lord. Won't it be a time mm, when we get over yonder? Who'd that make you think of? Andrew, won't you sing it for me? Hallelujah. You got to have soul to sing that song. And you can't sing that song sitting down. You got to sing that song standing up. Well, I said, won't it be a time? Oh, won't it?
surgery yesterday. Brother Lloyd Walls had to have emergency surgery yesterday. He had a hernia that busted and so amen. We want to, could we just take him to the throne of grace and amen. He stood here with us the other night and he came and as I understand it, he was suffering even then and so Brother Mike called me yesterday. They're due to go to Israel 
next week. And so he's wanting to be in shape to go to Israel. And so I've, I've actually got reservations to go to Israel. <laughs> I'm not Jim Jones, but we're going on a trip. Hallelujah. We're going on a trip. <laughs> Maybe if it don't make you feel uncomfortable, uh, we'll send Brother Lloyd a note and we're going to pray now. If you just join hands with one another. Almighty God. Lord, you, what a wonderful God that you are. Mindful as we sit in this building and very comfortable atmosphere, there's many that don't have it quite like this. I ask you that you'd be mindful of them. Lord, those that sit in nursing homes and maybe feels like life's passed them by and forgotten. Lord, we just reach out and touch them now. Our precious brother Lloyd Walls. Lord, that had to have emergency surgery yesterday. Why, that didn't take you off guard. You're a God that knows situations of life. and You see oncoming storms, Father. Lord, thank you that there was a doctor prepared, ready to take care. Hospital that was there because one of your sons would need to go to a spot to get some help. Now, Lord, we ask you that you would touch him. Lord, we pray that you'd send your word and be with him now. Lord, you're mindful, Father. I ask you to send your word and heal his body. Lord, this very afternoon, Lord, reach by and touch him, Father. Lord, the many needs that we come before you tonight and we laid our hands and we raised our hands to you now. We ask you that you'd send your word and heal them, Father. Maybe there's just some tightening up we need to re rebox our box car tonight. Because inspectors coming by. Lord, I just ask you that you would help us. Lord, if Jesus comes up in our box car, it'll help us, Father. Brother Bam said, remember, he's in your boat. Just call out to him, wake him up. Lord, you're always here to answer prayers, minister to our needs, Father. Lord, I ask you that you'd bless this audience. And Lord, they've been such a wonderful audience over the last few weeks and months and years. Since I've been here 20 years, it seems like times just went by so quickly. Lord, I ask you to bless them, Father. Lord, anoint this audience for, Lord, the coming days. We realize that we're in harvest time, Lord. The seed's ripe. Bless this audience. Not with a man's blessings, but with God's blessings. Bless them now, we pray. In Jesus Christ's name we ask you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Isn't it good to be here? Amen. Sister Deborah, boy, we sure missed you. Now, we had a good replacement, but that, that replacement had to go home. <laughs> Don't you never feel that you <laughs> We sure love you with 
Amen. Amen. I hope you miss me that much. Amen. Amen. But we got a good replacement. And his name's Andrew, too. So, amen. God bless you, Andrew. And God bless you, people. Won't you just, just what such a wonderful atmosphere tonight. Just, won't you just turn to your neighbor and say, God bless you. Thank you for being in the service of the Lord with us. to see the young adult choir after service tonight and so amen well I'm I'm not one of them so <laughs> amen. there was a time where brother Branham called me a young preacher and, and that time seems to be slipping past but God's still calling young men to preach the gospel amen. of Jesus Christ and, amen God bless you this evening and Andrew, if you'll sing for us as we go to do I have any more announcements. Amen. Amen. I love you with all my heart. Amen. I heard a, I heard a compliment before I came out here tonight. It said that it was the friendliest church and must get it from the preacher. So I hope that's right. Amen. I hope that's right. Hallelujah. My daddy told me this morning, he said, sometimes you're just too good to be true. And I said, hold on, Dad. Connie's not here. You, can you hold that thought? <laughs> I know the truth in all those things, but we, we're glad to hear it once in a while anyway. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. We love you. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I see. For my all in all, seeking you as a precious jewel, Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my all in all. Oh, I believe. 